Hi, this is Stu, Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Even though in this episode we keep referring to Season 17, Episode 18, it's actually Season 17, Episode 19. That's it. Enjoy. I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for season 17, episode 18, which mic am I on? This one, we're on this oh. one. Oh, that's, a, that's a podcast. That's a camera, by the way. <laughs> Not a mic. You're on that it's, camera. It's a mic that does pictures. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now it's this one. Your, your no, grasp no. of technology is staggering, sir. I don't know video. I only know sound. Wow. Season We're back at this one. Season 17, episode 18. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Bill. And this is Jib. Mm-hmm. We have a game convention coming up President's Day weekend. Yes. My games are on the board. 20, my games aren't up yet. I'm going to do all kids' games because both my kids are probably going to be. That'll be cool. That's very cool. You already have games up for February. Huh? You already have games yeah. up for February. No, I don't. I do. Mine yeah. on the site. I have my room booked. Wow. Yeah. Well, you always have your room booked. Don't they just have it for you? No. <laughs> just roll over? I wish. <laughs> when you check out, they're like, would you like to be? And yes. And then... Same room, please. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they actually know they... what room that Gina wants when, when she makes her reservation now. Wow. Yeah, because it's always the same room. Does she get it? Yep. I'm awesome. gonna, this time I'm going to call ahead and say, make sure it's all decaf coffee for the coffee maker. Because there's only usually only one. Think they'll do that? They probably will. Well, they for you after yes. the second after this <laughs> after the usually the first day they notice that the decaf is gone and the other stuff is gone, so they get rid of the regular stuff and just put decaf. How do you not bring your own like custom coffee maker? You don't have like your little French press in there that you're using in the morning. It's all about the grind. Um, yeah, you don't bring your grinder and your beans. I, I have no way of boiling water. Come on, your neighbors at the hotel would love that. You're up at like five through the morning. <laughs> <laughs> They would. Bring an espresso machine. <laughs> be awesome. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. The best. I would love that. Uh, let's see. In this episode, we're going to discuss repercussions, as suggested by Mister CJ on the forum. Max and stuff writes in about GMs who hold back the good stuff. Mister mm-hmm. CJ has some other observations about thespians, mm-hmm. and Cobalt Dude in uh, Columbia SC writes in about Star Trek recommendations. Oh, by the way, because Nis brought this up, uh, Red Cross slash redcross.org slash weather, because Columbia, South Carolina is, oh, in, yeah. is in the midst of the four-state horrible hurricane. So uh, if you want to donate for hurricane relief, which I did this morning, uh, and I encourage everybody to do, please go, and I don't know which camera I'm on. You're fine. I don't know which face mic I'm on. <laughs> I'm not going to change it while you're looking at it. <laughs> Isn't it better just to call them face mics? Face mics. I like that. Face um, mics. Please, please do. It's pretty, it's pretty horrible back there. Okay. And uh, so for everybody who's got, we are, all our listeners that are back there and, yep. you know, Cobalt Dude probably can't even be watching the live stream right now. Probably. No power. How sad. I know. <sighs> if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We were on the tweeters. Yep. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. We're on Instagram, happyjacksrpg. You can also find us on Facebook. And we'll, we are recording live on Saturday mornings at 10.30. However, I think next week is when we switch. Maybe. I'm not sure. You can go to our website, and it's we have our the, live streaming schedule there. 
They're all 1030 until the one right before Halloween. I may switch the one okay. before that. That's fine. Let me know, and it will be updated. Yeah. As soon as I know, you will know. Let me go back to Fridays. You being our wonderful you, listeners you and viewers. Audience. You in the plural sense. Yes. That's right. All um, the yous. And if you would like to watch us live, you can watch us at happyjacks.org slash YouTube, although you can't actually watch us there anymore. Mm. Not, we don't have the things embedded, do we? Yeah. No, someone said they didn't want it. Oh. Last week. Who's this someone? Oh. Who is this someone? What do they know? An unknown person. Okay. I don't know. I'll go. I'll, I'll try and fix that. I think you should be able to do that. And, well, you, you can also go to um, happyjacks.org slash Twitch or happyjacks.org slash YouTube. That will get you to both of the live channels. Yeah. And if you go to happyjacks.org slash live, it ta- we have links there so they can find yes. it that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Go. So go still go to that one. And that's it with that. What about Operation Why Listeners oh, totally Make When about. You Know Listeners Have You Want to Make? Yes. In order to expand the reach of Happy Jack's Juice Baggery, we're asking you, our listeners, you. to share a Happy Jack's-related link to the social media of your choice. Twice. Yes. This next week, twice. Yes. Any share link you want. It can be a link to a specific episode that you really like. It can be a link to one of our social medias. It can be a link to one of our streams. It can be a link to our forum. Actual plays. Actual plays. You could put up a cool cat video as long at the bottom it says happyjacksrpg.org. No? no. Oh, We're going to get dick pics that way. We don't want that to happen. The cat? Okay, the speak cat? for yourself. <laughs> yeah. What's no, really, that pics? happens. What's wrong with cats? <laughs> really, that happens. <laughs> All right. Don't I'll do start that. forwarding the ones I get to use to. It'll okay. be fine. All right. I'll, I think it I'll might just be you can post them on my Instagram. I think it's probably just me. And I don't think it has anything to do with Happy Jacks. I don't think I've ever gotten a dick pic. I've always, that's not an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> and don't check your email for like a month. No. That's right. And scene. Where's my X card? <laughs> uh, and Tomes on the, the chat says, Jib isn't kidding. His games are almost the only ones up for the, for the upcoming con. Right. They were the first three posted. Yeah. It's Jib Con. No. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You only had to put up like 73 but more. It was... <laughs> okay, it, it was all Gina's doing. Because on our way home from the last con, she said, you need to run a Deadlands game at the next con. Ooh. And I went, okay. So I'm doing a Deadlands game, a Deadlands Noir game, and then I'm doing a Bad Streets game. Cause... Cool. Nice. But... I kickstarted the 20th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Deadlands thing. Maxed oh, it out. Oh, so good. So Maxed good. it out. Nice. Had to have it. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are brave. I just, I don't know. It's, it's not pinnacle. really bravery to yeah. do pinnacle stuff because yeah. oh, they no. always do good yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It always comes out. <clears throat> the, it, the, Deadlands Noir was late, mm-hmm. but we were getting emails from them saying, yeah, they're on a, literally on a boat from China and they're being held in customs. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, Chat room saying the volume is low. The volume is low? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll turn the volume Should up we bit. talk slower then? How is the volume How's now? Now. They'll tell us. <laughs> Food all right? right. Try, Try the, the wine. wine. <laughs> no one knows what that's from except Dylan. That's right. <laughs> it's still funny, though. All right. Uh, oh, it's hilarious in the scene, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that ribald comedy, A Clockwork Orange. Right. Before we begin, the, uh, begin our topic, we have our tip of the week. I got this. I got Yay. this tip of the week. Exactly. Uh, that was the music. Sound effect. Oh, There's sorry. an intro. Okay, do it again. Do it again. The baby crying. Okay. okay. I don't have one. This is just a placeholder. No, it's the one. It's now the one. 
I gotta get you guys that's, headphones. That's so nice. No, I don't need headphones for that. I hear enough okay. of it. I gotta four months. <laughs> okay, uh, the GM confidant. This is my tip of the week. So, oh, the GM confidant. Uh, so, being a GM is a solitary and secretive business. You can't talk about what you want to do with the people in your game because then you know you don't want to spoil the surprises or let them know just how much you're pulling out of thin air. Uh, as you yes and your way past all the monkey wrenches that they're throwing. So you have to find a GM confident, and that is a beautiful thing. Uh, find someone who's trustworthy uh, with whom you can talk about your game. Uh, they might be another GM. They could be someone that you normally play with but isn't in your current game. Uh, or maybe there's someone whose creative opinion you trust, and they'll just talk about stories and characters and complications and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this should be somebody that you can tell everything that you're planning in the game for. Um, and once it starts... Um, tell them what your players are doing and talk about your ideas on what to do next. Um, you can come up with cool ideas with them because doing it on your own can be really hard. <coughs> Working creatively in a vacuum is tough. Um, and having someone to bounce ideas around with is incredibly valuable. So, uh, you know, for that creative process of coming up with twists and turns, designed to surprise and delight your players, it's always, I find, better to have someone you can throw that idea out to. Um, a lot of that is because that confidant can spot problems in your plans, right? So uh, they can ask you questions. They can throw out different possibilities that you might not have considered. Um, I've had it happen where I've talked about an idea, and they've said, well, what happens when the party does this? And it's something I haven't considered at all. Because in my mind, I've thought, this will happen, then they'll go there, and then this will occur. And I've never considered uh, possibilities outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think anybody who writes knows that the hardest thing for a writer to do is to edit their own work. So this provides almost an editor for you as well because you have to be able to think outside of that story you're crafting. Um, and finally, that simple act of explaining your plans to somebody else um, lets you really rethink what those ideas are and try to come up with other cool stuff. Um, and I've just found it always super useful to have somebody who's not involved in that game that I can say, here's the thing that I'm thinking about doing. Uh, and also when you're explaining it to someone, sometimes you will, that's when you can realize that it's a dumb idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it helps you, it helps you throw out the, the really bad things. In, in, my, in my work as a software developer, usually when, in the middle of explaining a problem I'm having to someone else is when I go, oh, that's the answer. Yeah, I never mind. For. Thanks. Never mind. Right. I figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Or when you're trying to explain, oh, then this is going to happen. We're going to go there. If the person's going... What? What? Why? Why? And you're like, okay, wow, I'd have to do a much better job of explaining this. <laughs> right. right. Yep. Or just abandon the idea altogether because it's so convoluted, no one's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's my tip of the week. Excellent. Great tip. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <coughs> uh, oh, and speaking of that, uh, our forum actually has a sub forum called the GM Sounding Board, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Where people can go in with their problems and conundra, mm-hmm. and uh, and ask for and ask help. for yeah. advice or help yeah. or bounce ideas off each other. And actually, I think that most of us who have run uh, actual plays will have a no players allowed section. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've done that in the Traveler one. Where I'm like, oh, okay, this is the stuff that's going on. This yeah. is kind of where I'm thinking going next. Mm-hmm. What do you What do the <clears throat> listeners think? And that's a pretty cool thing for us right. to be able that's to a do. Gr- that's a great idea. Uh, when I ran the vamp- started running the vampire game, I set that up specifically to to get advice <clears throat> from people who have played and run vampire a lot to kind of mm-hmm. get ideas about setting and norms. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, topic. Uh, I, you actually wrote that in there. I didn't it's really like write. written topic and discussion. Uh, right. <laughs> 
No, I was looking at this block of text on that, and I realized that was yours. Yes. <laughs> okay, ramifications. This is from Mr. CJ on the forum. Um, there is a, if you have a, a topic suggestions, there's a spot on the forum where you can put those things. Yeah. And I do read them, and uh, if I don't find an email that I think is going to make a good topic for the show, I definitely go there and look for them. Yeah. So... Unless something comes to my brain, which happens rarer and rarer, because the longer we do this show... Right. The more <laughs> stuff we've talked about. Uh, let's see. So, th there's a party of murder hobos, and the players begin to behave badly. They become arsonists. They stab the king. Jib says there should be ramifications. As a GM slash human, you can gauge any ramifications uh, will be met with combat. As was mentioned... If some intentional, someone intentionally starts a fire in a walled city or on the docks, the whole place could go up. The players are looking at a capital offense. The same thing with trying to murder a noble. Your campaign can get real short if the PCs get executed in the second session. <laughs> It'd be so good. I, I know. <laughs> That was, then like, they oh, jump as another notch in my bed. And well, then they're the, the executioners. Note, like that's, that's right. the next session. They take over those characters. The, the note that I wrote at the end of that paragraph is: Is that really a problem? <laughs> I mean, no. See, but I, I'm being a little flippant. But seriously, so in the session one, they decide they're going to stab the king. Right. Okay. Yet yeah, they bought and paid for their execution. Kill them. It depends. Or at least, at least they should be hunted, and now maybe the campaign is sure. taking a dramatically different turn from what you had anticipated as the right. GM. Right, right. But the point is, ramifications. Sure. There, there are things that grow out of actions that the players take, whether, whether good or bad. If they do a good thing, then good ramifications happen. Mm -hmm. Good things. If they do a bad thing, then there are going to be problems I... for them. Okay. Well, okay. Go ahead, Did go ahead. you finish? Did you... I'm sorry. I'll keep reading. Yeah, keep reading, and then we'll talk. <clears throat> Uh, your campaign can get real short if the pieces get executed in the second session. As a GM, I think it is a good idea to set that stuff up in advance, but sometimes that does not happen. Further, the idea of, well, you burned down the last ship, so no one will take you on a ship anymore, seems like a thin and most likely ineffective deterrent. I think it would be an interesting discussion to explore how player characters experience ramifications directly from the GM. Now, I think... Getting back to what you were saying, mm -hmm. if you've got a game where it's like, okay, you roll some dice and you make up a character, boom, let's go ahead and play. That's not necessarily a bad thing to have happen. It certainly teaches the players, okay, the ramifications in this setting are real. We just had to roll up characters again. If you if it's a system where you're taking an hour to roll, make characters or longer, or you had a whole session making characters, mm -hmm. I would stop and say, okay, before you guys stab the king, I just want to let you know this is a uh, this is this this game setting has real world ramifications. So when you take when you murder when you commit regicide, mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to be after you. You no, will no longer have friends in this town. Very likely, unless the person who takes over decides that you did him a favor. Yeah, exactly. You did him a solid. Even so, you're, you've still got a, a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. Just let them know there's serious ramifications in what you're about to do. Have a metagame discussion with so the players. Let, let me ask this. Is that a discussion that should have gone on during Session Zero when they were making characters originally? Uh, well, perhaps, but... But it may not have taken. It, 
Right, and you may not know necessarily what it is they're going to do. And you may, I mean, I always assume that the ramifications of when I'm running a game, except for Vast Dominions, which is a very pulpy thing, there are real, real ramifications for the stuff that you do. If you do something, mm-hmm. uh, you need to be able to handle it. Well, and handle the, if you break eggs, you need to be able to spoilers, make Spoilers, but we had two characters in the Vast Dominions game in our last session who were in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, well, yeah, yeah, you guys went up against a, 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 a German warship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, we left with a great cliffhanger, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, um, but I mean, that was the, that's a good example. I won't go into the specifics of it, but there was a, a small armed conflict between the party, which mm-hmm. is five players mm-hmm. on a ship that has one weapon with a, a, another ship which has four weapons and a complement of guys with actual guns. Because in that game, there's energy weapons mm, right. that really only do basically like the equivalent of hero stun. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. they don't do any body damage at all. Right. But um, the 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 soldiers that they were fighting, they were using rifles, mm-hmm. like actual <laughs> rifles, and uh, they do real damage and they hurt. Bad and in this setting, they, the game they hurt really bad too. So, yes. and it took two two of them are out right now and are going to need hospital care. The players, two two characters, two, two, play characters. Characters, two <laughs> characters are out where we ended the session, and um, yeah, basically they they got boarded, and and then bad things happened. But mm-hmm. it was it was a situation where it's like. It, it, that's that's a it is I guess that's kind of one of those ramification things. It's like this is a serious it, serious foe. This is not like you know we a, made a decision a giant to space do, whale. Right, we made a decision to do something. Right, kraken. It was not a whale. It was a kraken. Right, and as a result, we have difficulties. We have problems. Sure, and that's as it should be. Yeah, yeah. and it's part of the story too. Right, it's I mean that. At this point, you guys are just trying to get home mm-hmm. or get back to series, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so, story-wise, this is part of it. This is the way I see it. The, yeah. the, 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 the decisions you make had ramifications that are probably going to be lasting and negative. And, uh-huh. I, okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a little bit of a, <laughs> I have a little bit of a specialty in punishments because I'm an assistant principal at a school. <laughs> So <laughs> this is something I spend a lot of my professional time thinking about and considering and weighing like what punishment fits this crime. And I think that's one of the things I don't like the term punishment for this particular thing. Um, mm-hmm. I like you know consequences is something I choose usually to use in my everyday vernacular because I talk about this a lot. So I am in favor in my professional life and raising children and also you know in gaming of what we call natural consequences and that's actually like the legitimate term for it. So for an example, like kid runs across the pavement when he's not supposed to be running, he falls, he scrapes his knee. That's his consequence. He doesn't need me to also put him on the bench for the rest of recess. He hurt himself. That's his consequence. Yeah. So I think it's really important in gaming as well to make sure that whatever the consequences are, that they make sense. 
And it's not like punitive on top of the natural totally. consequences. When I was a kid, we called that dad punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's watching you do something stupid. Yeah. He lets you do something stupid until the consequence happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you do that again? It's important that you point out that's the consequence. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in yeah. a kid, yeah. you'd be like, I'll see, you fell and hurt yourself. That's this what is, happens when yeah. you run. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, and making, and kind of running your game with those natural consequences instead of being like, well, now that no one's going to let you on the ship, and there's a wanted poster out for you, and like weighing right. all these things, right. and they might make sense if they do make sense. Then it's kind of your call as a GM, but you want to make sure, make sure you're not punishing them for doing something you didn't want them to do, versus making the consequences in the world. Well, ideally, you want to make the ramifications not put them in a position so untenable that the game cannot go on. Right. Now, okay. So, so none of the legitimate ship captains will take your cargo mm-hmm. or take you guys as passengers. But there's this <coughs> one guy mm-hmm. over here who's really shady. Yeah. So that that in and of itself could be a problem. But he'll take you on. Yeah. Of course, he's going to charge you five times. A fortune. Yeah. But he's going to sure. charge you. Five or he's going to take you past the three mile limit and rob you. Yeah. Right. Could yeah. also happen. <laughs> but but it's a natural it's a natural outgrowth mm-hmm. of. Of what they did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, the universe is impartial. And that's what you you want. Yeah. You, you don't want to color the ramifications of what's happened with your own uh, malice or animosity. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, 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 no. Don't let the universe teach the lesson. Just mm-hmm. adjudicate the universe fairly. You have hit on, on a critical point here. Because it's the same thing, you know, when you're dealing with students mm-hmm. or those of us with, with children when or you're children dealing with children. children in other situations. Right. Mm-hmm. Childlike it's, people. You have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that Hey, wait noise. a minute. We're right here. <laughs> We're, here. We're here. right here. I didn't say you specifically. Um, I don't know why you would think that. Uh, you, you have to have to take action without emotion right as as a as a parent as a, as a assistant principal yeah. as a gm you don't have the privilege of letting emotion drive what you do right and on that same like vein when like the super cute kindergartners crying because you have to have them like write a note that they're sorry you can't give in and be like Okay, well, you're really cute, and I feel bad that you're crying, and now I just want to let you go to class, and here's a lollipop. So as a GM, you also have to have that, like, when they do something, like, those consequences, you know, do have to happen. You know, whatever, you know, makes sense, don't make the the game, you know, unable to go on, but they might whine and complain a little bit, just because it's, like, your best friend that you're playing and running the game for, you've got to make sure that, like Stu said, you're kind of adjudicating the universe fairly right. and without that emotion. So make sure on both ends that you're not using letting your emotions let you be too lenient on a person or, and kind of letting them get away with too much and also that you're not, you know, getting your emotions in there and overly punishing, overly giving them too many consequences. Yeah, one of the things I noticed that Mr. CG asked was to explore how player characters experience ramifications mm-hmm. directly from the GM, right? And I think they have to it has to be really clear our job on the on this side of the this the screen right is to make sure they they understand why it's happening yeah right so it doesn't feel arbitrary and mm-hmm. malicious so in that case where you know and and having having a, a couple of different avenues that they can then explore 
that both are ramifications, right? That are both consequences. Mm -hmm. So in that case of like the ship captain, right? It's like, okay, well, look, no one legitimately is going to take you anywhere. So if you try to get to that place, you can't sail there, right? Mm -hmm. Or here's this really shady guy that's going to charge you 5X and, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a point toss as to whether he's going to take you out past right. the three-mile limit and kill you, right? right? So, like, okay, there's options there, but there was a consequence. In that case of where they killed the king, right, it's like, look, yeah. you're going to be hunted criminals. Like, right. that's the way it is. You just committed regicide, right? However, here's this really influential... Duke. Yeah, Duke, or or maybe it's the, you know, the king's cousin, because now... Well, there was no direct lineage, and so yeah. it's, up, it's very Games of Throny, right, happening yeah. in that. Like, right, who maybe you touched king? off a civil war. Right, mm -hmm. but or or it could be like, oh, yes, that happened. The new king comes in place, which was the other the king's son or something, right, his heir apparent, and he says, and he gives you the option. Look, you just killed the king. You can be dead, or you are now going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's like, and now you have to go deal with. Wow, now we have to go because maybe your intentions. As a party, somehow in your, either in fact or in your mind, we're noble. Right. Right. right? Well, Why you killed the king. But now the new king is like, look, unless you, if you want to keep your heads, you're going to start doing this really heinous stuff for me. Because mm -hmm. obviously you've shown you don't care who you kill. Right. Right. <laughs> now you have to start making this de these decisions, right? Mm -hmm. You've so, shown yourself to be assassins. Right. right. Yes. So now you're going to be assassins for me or else you're going to be dead. And now you're the choice like, oh, okay, well, do we try to flee? Do we right. just enfold ourselves in the assassin's cloak? Like, what do we do? You, you, you brought to mind something that's just, like, so telling to me. Um, in Game of Thrones, who Spoilers. is... Well, it shouldn't be, because it was from, like, before season one even started. Oh, okay. It's history. Oh, okay. It's history. Who is one of the most reviled people in the, in the story, and why? The old king. Yeah. The old king. Mm hmm Who killed him? Kingslayer. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Lannister. Yep. Who for totally noble reasons. Yeah. But there right. are people for whom it's like you are this horrible person because you did this thing mm -hmm. right. and will always be. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's mostly because he made an oath to that king. Right. So that's another whole thing you have to kind of, you know, t t figure out. Are these people from another place? Are they from that country? Because then that's right. a, that's treason, not right. just, you know, or if they're from another place and they've come there and even if it's their home, well, then maybe you've touched off a whole war. Because right. now you're from this other country, and now they think that people from this other country are coming and killing their nobility. Right. And so there's like... Well, it's interesting, because part, part of the consequence in that can be, even if it's not, we end the game at session two, you're all summarily executed, mm -hmm. right? Some of those, that consequence can be um, now, whereas before they may have been going through your story and your world that you've built and trying to find their way and make their alliances like oh no it's clearly divided yeah you right. by your action placed yourself in this you camp. pick sides right yeah. you pick sides and now here's a bunch of allies that you have that right. you would, maybe would have never had before but here's a bunch of enemies you have that maybe you would have never had before yeah and right. that's gonna be bad and and also the fact that then you can start you can start playing with that and another consequence you can do and how they experience the ramification is they've done this really bad thing, right? So as opposed to executing all of them, yeah, they start fleeing, they stay at an inn, right? There's the jolly innkeeper, and they kind of don't know who these people are or whatever. They leave, and then word comes a day or two later that the king's guard has been tracking them. They go to that inn, they find out that they harbored them, and they summarily executed the innkeeper and his wife and his family. And and oh, yeah, like, there you just go. Just because you were there. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and yes. And they didn't say anything. And they didn't say it, right. They, and, and then you're starting to realize, well, oh, 
oh god anybody we talk to mm -hmm. potentially right like right. there's re the ramification can happen to show this is yeah. a very 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 bad thing you did but catches other people in the wake in an unintended way but mm -hmm. can still show the characters like that's what's going to happen if you don't get this straightened out or they catch you or right. whatever it is yeah well yeah. and you can also i mean you also should provide especially if you want to play for very long some sort of path to redemption so that can mm -hmm. actually open up a whole like story arc that you maybe never thought of and you maybe hadn't planned on in any yeah. way. And it shouldn't be fast. It shouldn't be, hey, you killed the king and in two sessions we're going to fix this. But if you find the seven keys of Pentuzzlers, you'll... <laughs> yeah, right. Something super <laughs> out there. All seven, though. Mm -hmm. right. has right. to be all seven. Oh, yeah, you find six, forget it. <laughs> yeah. So, or maybe they have to flee and they have to abandon everything that they were working towards and they have to go to a new place and you get to create like a whole and... new kingdom. Their families are all arrested. Yeah. And, you <laughs> We're know. so good at thinking of terrible things that happen to these people. <laughs> it's because if I was the player character, yeah. that's actually what I would want, want to, to happen. Want to happen, yeah. Because awesome. that would make the story interesting. Yes. And I guess that kind of depends on, uh, you know, what it is from your experience with your party and your players, what you think they'd want, right? Yeah. Which brings up a great point. Like, as a player, I would want that stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we just, we just threw a huge switch. Okay, well, mm -hmm. what now what's going to happen? We threw the biggest monkey wrench we could think of. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? We want to see the gears explode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, and so I, what does that do to our, to our story and our world and our characters and everything else? If there are players who are just like, woo, we love running around and causing absolute chaos and we don't want anything ever bad to happen to us. Right. Right? Then, which, which those players, players exist. Like, those yeah. exist. Then you've got to figure out you know, I mean, to some degree, because it is a game and you are telling a collaborative story, right, you sometimes probably have to do things that you're like, oh, well, you know, normally I would do this, but I think that's just going to make it a bad game for everybody. Yeah. Right. So, so what can I do to, right. to alter the consequence <coughs> to still make sense in my world and I'm okay with it as the GM for my side of enjoyment of mm -hmm. the story, but at the same time makes it okay for the right. players, which is a little more of a... You also have to be careful that the ramifications make sense. Yeah. Um, one of the characters in my Star Wars game is kind of working as a, du a double agent kind of angle. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. they, they did a thing and havoc ensued. The, per the Imperial commander knows the havoc ensued and my immediate thought was, okay, so now there are going to be things that happen here. And then I went, wait, wait, wait. How does he? How would he know that it was them who did it? Because there's mm -hmm. nothing that really points to that. I'm like, so he doesn't know. He wants to know. Mm -hmm. He's he's hunting whoever did it, but he doesn't know it was them yet. Right, and that's something you have to keep in mind too. Maybe they were super subtle the way they did it. Right. So if they did that, then maybe there aren't those consequences. Because if they are, maybe they conspired with the Duke who's next in line, mm -hmm. right. and it was actually you know they pr they provided a distraction, but then it was the Duke's men who came in and killed the king, or something like that. Or maybe they did it for <laughs> the king or for the right. Duke. They stabbed the king yeah. very subtly. Yeah. Or well, and maybe it's not. Maybe they didn't just walk right. up and stab him. Right. 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 Maybe right. it's right. like in his bedchamber at night or right. whoever. You and know. But if, or if they killed him, right? Like they could have done that. They're now fleeing, and then and then they start. You start in the background making it where someone else is saying, "Oh, I'm going to frame that Duke." Yeah, who would actually be like they caught up right. unknowingly in this big political machination, and mm -hmm. they have to start. People are coming up to them and like thanking them for this thing or making these other offers. They're like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> You know, why, right. where is this coming from? And so that becomes a new onion they get to unravel. Right. Yeah. So just all manner of possibilities <laughs> to make life interesting. Yeah. Right. As opposed to just killing them. Right. 
Yeah. I, I try to avoid just killing them outright. Yeah. It, it's... Well, you chase them. I mean, if they stab the king, damn well right there better be a combat immediately right after that because the sure. king's guard is going to try to take them out. Right, right. If, it, if, it, if it's in a place, if it, depending on how it happened, right? Yeah, if it's well, done very stealthily and they got in, they got out or In the original, uh, what, what he, he is actually referencing something from an email right. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember that. Where the, the party like is talking to the king and then one of them just, I'm going to stab him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like probably in his court. Uh, okay, great. Uh, what? <laughs> There's right. going to be a chase but, scene. Yeah, but if it's there, yeah, it's like, oh, what the hell? And now right. they've got to flee. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, that, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, if you hopefully wouldn't have to have a meta conversation ahead of time as the GM, hopefully you'd know your players well enough. You could also focus your attacks on one of the players that you know would think it was cool that he got killed. <clears throat> because that happened, sure, and and it's it, and the NPC version of the innkeeper is the milder thing of yes, here's the real consequence, right? Yeah. It's like anytime you watch a show and you're like, oh, it's great, and you're like, oh my god, some character with a name that I actually know just got killed, mm-hmm. right? Because then suddenly <clears throat> this shit's real, oh yeah, right for everybody else. Yeah, you're like oh wow, anybody can die, right? Without giving any spoilers, because maybe you haven't <laughs> seen it, but in the film Firefly, like at one point. A character dies, and there's a fight scene that happens immediately after it. Or in Serenity. Serenity. Right? In Serenity. In Serenity. Serenity. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Since I said I really wrong. In Serenity, in the film, based off of the TV series, Firefly. Yeah. Um, there's a character that dies, and then there's a fight scene that happens almost immediately afterwards. And when I was in the theater watching, I was like, oh my God, anyone could die. Like, oh, and, well, yeah. and that fight scene that normally you'd be like, oh, oh well, this is going to be a kick-ass fight scene, but, you know, nothing's good. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, yeah. Great storytelling. Yeah. And it's a terribly desperate fight, too. Yes, yeah. and, and more than one of them gets injured and goes down. Oh, yeah. Right, and you're like, oh my God, what's going you know, And that suddenly had so much more consequence than yeah. it would have. So if you, can, if you can do that, and you know, like I think that there was a, a turning point um, fairly early on in the Traveler Star Wars game when Stu's character died. Because mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, damn. And this I had just gotten off, gotten off a really good shot too. Right down the hallway, took a guy out. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yep. but it, but it was the because I knew you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're right. in a big firefight, and we're not the only ones with these big nasty weapons and like I'm Tyler just, carries I'm, around. I'm standing in front of a window, I can't see through, assuming it's cover. Right. Oops. <laughs> right. And oops. And and I and I think it did. I mean, it did two things. One, there was the there was the consequence that happened. Of you guys are in a big nasty firefight, you're not, you know, actually taking cover or whatever, right? Right. And so yes, and what well, the intent wasn't, I'm going to kill your character. It was like, oh yeah, you're probably going to get jacked up, mm-hmm. right. right? And I rolled really well once the, <clears throat> the dice fell, right? But on the but on, and so one, the whole party then realized, oh, this is serious stuff. This isn't just. You know, this isn't like the regular Star Wars, right? This is a different <laughs> Star Wars, but, uh, right? Um, this ain't your daddy's and, Star Wars. But then, but then the the flip side of that was I also tried to use that um, in the aftermath of that to show to to reinforce the fact that all the characters in the party are a part of the Empire because then Stu's character got this massive hero's funeral, mm-hmm. right? Right, that was televised or. Vid, vidivized, whatever it be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the hollow neck. It was on the hollow neck, yeah. yes. Um, uh, which, interestingly enough, pissed off one of the other characters because, you know, he, and, and, and I think he got a posthumous promotion and all kinds of stuff. Tyler, and, right? Yeah, Tyler's like furious. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Even in death, he thwarts me. That's me. 
Um, but it was, but then it was like, oh, wow, yeah, we are, you know, that's what we're a part of, mm. you know. Yeah. And then, and then it was interesting because that led. I think there was maybe a little gray before that, but mm-hmm. then everybody kind of embraced the fact, like, no, we're we're on the empire side, and that's so that's what this means. Yeah. Right. You're not. It's not like oh, those plucky rebels. It's like no, they're criminals. Right. Like, terrorists. Yeah, they're terrorists. We have to stop that. You know, which is a super interesting. I think for me, as the I know, that's the great GM, story. It was super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right to see what happened. Yeah. Um, but I think that 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 was that. That's an example of another player something happening to their character as mm-hmm. a consequence. That's an example. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a little because it's combat is you know in the in the aftermath you're trying to give it more meaning. Mm-hmm. But when you have something where an event has happened, and then you are able to say. Okay, what's the consequence of that event? Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's a fantastic time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The chat room came up with another consequence, which I think is very creative. It's kind of a little, kind of a little nasty, but uh, so they kill the king, and then the royal cleric and the royal necromancer bring the king back to the living again. And now you have a lich king who wants to thank the players by having them join his new undead army. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so it's much worse than anything that <laughs> right. ever happened before. Right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's good job. That was pretty creative. You could you could actually take that idea and like bleed that into a story. Yeah. Where oh, yeah. they're like unknowingly like going and getting stuff for the necromancer, or they've been hired by this cleric to do stuff or whatever, and you find mm-hmm. out the end goal was them to raise the lich yeah. mm-hmm. king, and you're like, oh my god, oh, we no. just contributed to like the worstness. And in, or maybe instead of making them part of his undead army, mm. he just leaves them out there as agents. But everybody in the kingdom knows that they're the ones who are responsible for the rise of the lich king. Right. Yeah. Yep. Ultimately. Like, That's oh, awesome. Oh, That's awesome. you guys. You guys. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Thank you very it. much, Mr. CJ. Yep. CJ. Next Good email, uh, GMs who hold back from Max and stuff. I put a warning in there. I saw that. Uh, I'll read it, I guess. All right. Uh, GMs who hold back from Max and stuff. Warning. Australians use the C word as a term of endearment. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. We oh, at Happy Jacks yes, realize oh, yeah. this may be offensive to some, but we should all strive to celebrate our cultural differences, and that even includes the Australians. <laughs> Hello. Australian accent. Hello, <laughs> It's that Australian fucker from the forums once again. So much for not swearing on the Twitch thing. Right. <laughs> it's not us. It's the well, no, it's YouTube. It's, it's Twitch. Horrible. We have the little warning. YouTube. Oh, it's the All one right, that sorry, they might YouTube's. flag our videos. Anyway, uh, Especially now that they're having like. It's the Australians' fault. I would just like to mention. <laughs> right. So YouTube, take it up with Australia. That's yeah. right. Island of prisoners. I thought I'd email to point out for discussion something that I have noticed a lot of GMs agonizing over. And that thing is players who apparently want to bite off more than they can chew. In quotes, for a reason. Let's say the GM has done some world building, and the BBEG, which is a big bad evil guy, um, is up for some fucking tower wearing a necklace of baby skulls and furiously masturbating over his world map. (laughs) Why did I say I would read this? The GM carefully prepares some low-level adventures so for the PCs. So glad I didn't read this. Uh, Are there little like miniature tanks and, and oh yeah, and armored sure. units? Oh yeah, and who like Ralph Partha? Who makes that mini, by the way? Oh, of okay. the guy with the baby skull necklace over the map. Who does that? Who makes that mini? <laughs> yeah, it was That's horrible. Ralph that see that that right there. That is what 3D printers were designed for. Somebody in AutoCAD is designing that. They put it up. You can download the file. You're like, hang on, I got this mini. Hang on. And you're like, really, really? You know, we are looking for a new logo. No. 
Just no. <laughs> uh, the GM I, carefully I prepares some low-level adventures for the PCs, probably involving various inconsequential MacGuffins and encounters in a well-meaning but ultimately flawed attempt to get them started. Unsurprisingly, this GM finds that the party has no interest in the barkeep's fetch quests and decides that they'll steal some horses and go straight to the BBEG. Can you really fault the players here? Right. They went straight after the most interesting thing in your game world. Which, by the way, I'm a little concerned if that was the most interesting thing in your game world. That's a very weird game world. The guy with the baby skull necklace over the map. That'd be... <laughs> uh, as the GM, you should never hold back for your best material. Uh, there is simply no reason for this. If you have an adventure idea, for fuck's sake, use it. Don't save this shit for some indeterminate future point because chances are it will never happen. Ideas are a dime a dozen. They're also available on a server offshore in the East Coast. Don't feel like you have to hold back at all. That compulsive masturbator with the world map and basement full of dead babies, he's in the first town. Oh my God. Someone's kid just went missing, and he's the court that took them. Maybe the characters kill him. Who cares? It's their adventure, and if they happen not to kill him, then he could just be a recurring villain. But as a GM, you can't rely on that in advance. I think at the heart of this, GMs sometimes get way ahead of themselves in planning a campaign, setting up plot arcs way in advance, and then get butt hurt when the players turn left. So, GMs, do not hold back your ideas. More ideas will come. The very best ideas will flow naturally from in-game events. Build your world, build it as carefully and as with as much care as you like, but remember, your game world is a sandcastle and the players are the rising tide. Max and stuff. I actually really like that. Yeah. The sandcastle and the rising tide. Yeah, really good. it's a good, good, good analogy. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the game world that Max and stuff is, <laughs> is uh, in. Yeah, but other than I, that... I, yeah, um... I, I had four thoughts that... <laughs> I love that you counted all. Yeah. I have four yeah. thoughts. Well, no, I had four bullet had, points. Oh, I made notes. Oh, oh yeah, notes. there you go. <laughs> um, one is plan only what you actually need now. Don't worry about down the road. You'll figure that out. That'll come up as you play. Play to find out. Because right now we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. Wow. That's like the Death Star <laughs> coming in. Don't show them something if you don't want them to do something about it. Oh. If you've got the guy off in the Bingo. tower um, with his world map, and he's actually the big bad evil guy, they don't see him. They don't actually have anything to do with him or have anything that points to him. He has all manner of lieutenants and forces out there, and they have to deal with them. And they create a breadcrumb trail that ultimately, when you're ready for them to, leads to him. Just an idea. Um, and never assume that you know what's going on because you're the GM, you don't. Uh, at least I don't. Maybe, you, I mean, you guys are better than me, but, you know, um, I never know. I'm kind of like, I'm always chasing behind them going, what? <laughs> um, and always be ready to adjust because mm-hmm. things are not going to play out the way you think they're going to. At least they never do for me. No. No. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. No, and it's, and it's, that, it's that beautiful chaos that, for me, makes it fun as a GM, mm-hmm. right? I mean, as a player, part of it is like, oh, here's this thing. Well, what can we go do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and whether it's intentional or unintentional, those are the monkey wrenches a lot of times, right? But from yeah. the from the other side, like, I, I love it when that crazy thing happens, mm-hmm. right? The mad scramble almost is like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to, now what? Right. Right, now do we do? Because you, you, can't, you can't figure all that stuff out, right? And to me, it's the key difference between... Um, 
you know, an MMO or right. a, an R, you know, an RPG, no matter how amazing that RPG is, you know, on the consoles or the computer or you know, mm -hmm. device, whatever it is, is there's only so many things they're going to let you go down. And they, you have this open world, and you can kind of go around and find other stuff, but there's only the things that are right. there. No right? computer game will ever allow you to toss a live hand grenade to your buddy so he can shove it down the werewolf's gullet. No, it's just <laughs> not going to happen, right? Uh, it's uh, when normally no one would ever do that in their right mind, right? And I but think it's that's a great the, idea. It's a great idea. It was a brilliant idea. Um, and it only cost an arm. That was the best part. Uh, the the thing, though, that which is why I love tabletop gaming and paper and pencil role-playing games and you know mm -hmm. I think we all do is the fact that you don't know what's going to happen and mm -hmm. you have that opportunity to take what the player is giving you and to incorporate it and make that mm -hmm. the next cool thing because ultimately when you when you read a great piece of fiction for example like wow the protagonists always have these things that they do and they're always at the center of the story and that's what makes it super interesting right and you're also going to have a very unique experience, right? Like, you can have all those things where here's a great story and I'm having a fantastic time uh, as a player in a computer game, for example. But then you're like, oh, and everybody else had that story, right? Right. And it's really about how do you try to make it feel kind of special for you and a little mm -hmm. different for you, but everybody's going to kind of have that story. Right. Um, whereas nobody's going to have this, the same story. You know, if Stu started another FFG Star Wars game, and even if you had the same characters, right, and gave them to five or six other different players, you would have completely different stuff happen. Absolutely. This yeah. absolutely would be the case. Um, and you would have to come up with completely different stuff. Like, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like uh, we always used to talk about when, uh, with Diablo, right, mm -hmm. is that the only time we knew who the character was was when they created it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, and that just became this ever-widening pathway of, Possibility. A possibility, right? And it's why all the cinematics, like, never show the characters. And they, like, there's always these different things, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we have no idea what your character looks like. We don't know what you did, you know? And the world was always slightly different. And, you know, you tried to simulate that as best you could in that mm -hmm. environment. But that's the great thing, too, is you will you can talk to people. And even in boss fights, they'll say, oh, my God, I was fighting this guy. And he was super tough, right? Like, I can't believe how hard Duriel was. And then somebody else is like, oh, really? Because I totally cakewalked that thing. Because they're different characters, different right. characters like d right. dramatically differently, you know, created, and and the evolution of those characters. And I think that's you get that times a thousand around the table, yeah. you know, with players. So the the whole thing of like don't hold your ideas back, like the the core of really where this horrific story that Mass Stuff told is going, <laughs> um, is is it's true. Like if there's an idea, like just put it out there, right? But I love what you said. It's like only show people what they have to see, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do they even know about that guy, right? And how the hell do they know he masturbates over a world map? I know. That's like, maybe he has, maybe live streams. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> oh creepy. Oh my God, that's that, so gross. That would make one a villain. That would. <laughs> yeah, hey, have you got it? It's like, oh, let's see what's on. Oh my God. And why does he have so many viewers? And why does he have a Patreon? What the hell? So many. Oh, man. Yep. All right. Thank you, Max and Stuff. Uh, the next email is from Do you want this one? the Arkansas guy. This is a guy who's going through our uh, backlog, mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. sends me emails every so often. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't know if he's listening to the current, okay, or not. But this goes back to season two. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> do you want to do this one, Kimmy? Yeah, I'll do this one. So he will uh, eventually hear it someday, a long time from now. Uh, the Arkansas the Arkansas guy writes in, "Hello again, douchebags and douchebells." 
like that one. Have mm-hmm. we had that one before? I think that spell's pretty good. Uh, before my seasonal update, I need to apologize. Uh, my last, uh, I last emailed my opinion on PC versus PC conflict. As I listened to the rest of season two and discussed the issue with my gaming group, I realized that I was being very naive and close-minded. I have always believed that both players and GMs should seek to improve themselves as role players. But now I must admit that I have uh, far more uh, growing to do before I feel comfortable with my grasp of role-play interaction. To begin my journey to better myself, I will never again create an encounter, social or combat, NPC, or adjudicate an action ever again before asking myself, Will this be fun and fair for the players? Hmm. That's pretty good. It's a good. It's a, it's like a good. It's a good. Good yeah. ideal. It's a good thing. Yeah. I like that it's fun and fair. Like right. those right. things. Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. All right. I, I think we need. I personally, I would want to hear definitions of the words "fun" and "fair." Well, yeah. For him. <laughs> but yeah. fun is when I win and they lose. <laughs> But that's but this is for the players though, so that's good. Yeah. Fun is masturbating over a world map. Sure, obviously. <laughs> With children's skulls. Don't forget the children's skulls. Right. right. Okay. Apologies. <laughs> okay. Apologies stated and serious stuff addressed. Now let's return to shenanigans. I will keep this short. Firstly, on the subject of gifting magical items. He's lying, by the way. Yeah. Right. Because he's yeah, no. there and he goes back over no, here. <laughs> I, too, detest looking through a shit ton of magical items while referencing ATK scores, ACs, etc., in order to find the perfect item for each player. That This goes back to 4th edition D&D. Where yep. we were playing where that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a bunch of magic items for the party to find. And yep. I put out, a, here's, like, I went through the magic item list and I picked, like, five things. Yeah. Threw them out there. And little 3 by 5 cards. And, like... No, almost no one could use the stuff they found, right? <laughs> because it was fourth edition, yeah. right? That's what fourth edition does, right? No, you need a, this specific thing, otherwise, they, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You need the thing. I, I have, I have a, a way I solve that problem okay. in D anD. That's what he's going to talk about. Here. Yep. All right. Uh, instead of spending all that time looking for items, instead of creating engaging and exciting stories for the group, why not institute four GM? Four GM. It was in capitals. It threw me off for a minute. Four GM, rename it as you wish. Magical uh, item rock, equipment stone, whatever. I understand many systems. There is an equivalent like Residium in D and D four E. But if you're like me and want a realistic way for your party to get a plus ten magical item without screwing themselves over by making two level plus four magic items, then this may be a good way to achieve your goal. They must take the forgem to a metal worker or a miracle worker in order to have the material worked into an item of equivalent quality. Also, if someone in the party has the ability to craft items, they can appraise the material and then forge the desired equipment. Secondly, I assume that I'm not alone in having a group who's eager to play characters who have reached max level. Personally, I would probably pass on the opportunity to do so if the GM wanted us to make level 30 characters right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, that, happened, that happened at a bachelor party. Yeah. Boy, that How was... did that game go? Well, <laughs> if I could remember much of that night, <laughs> I would tell you. But, yes, we got partway through one combat. It was bad enough that you had a phone book worth of stuff to look at because yeah. you're level 30. Right. But we were all hammered, and that <laughs> didn't make it. And John Engie took about 37 minutes for his turn. <laughs> so you sound shocked by that. Yeah. Well, how I mean, is it different than... from a regular 40 yeah. game? Yeah, we were all 
Well, not even that we were all drunk. No, it was just probably John Inge taking thirty five. Yeah, it was just like it was it was it was horrible. And, yeah. and that was the only thing is I got the character and I'm like and everybody was like super excited and you're looking like oh I this is just stuff on a page I have no connection to this character right. who cares right yeah I think if you like build up to it you know your abilities oh yeah are, sure so much faster yeah alright um, uh, wanted to make level 30 characters right off the bat I just won't be able to justify my character reaching such an amazing milestone without personally experiencing the complex roller coaster of craziness that led to that character that led that character to godhood so, I would like your input on this idea. A campaign where players create level 30 characters to begin with, stay with me, they are the gods, guardians of the world. However, a Terran reality has opened up somewhere in existence, and the group must journey to find and close that tear. Here's the good part. As the group gets closer to this hole in reality, they decrease in level until they stand before the terror, which is guarded by a level one solo boss for a level one party. After the party's victory, the party is pulled through the rift and into the world where the group would then roll up a new system's character, uh, e.g. Uh, new world of darkness, GURPS, etc. Now the groups will progress from in the regular fashion, trying to reclaim their lost power in a new and unfamiliar world. AS, additional shit. I probably screw the whole keeping this short thing, <laughs> but keeping up. Uh, but keep up the good work. I appreciate the hilarious and engaging content you provide. We humble listeners. Oh, by the way, I'm cur- currently listening to episode six, season three, while typing this up, trying to power through the, to current episodes. And you that's know the, the Arkansas guy. The, the my my concern with that idea is that it kind of goes against what. My experience says that players want, and players want to see progression, not regression. Right. Right. See growth. Characters. And they're not gonna. They're gonna see the opposite of that. It's like, an oh, interesting story. I used to have this really cool yeah. daily spell, and I don't have it anymore. Right. I guess it would depend on oh, how long that first what part took. Do you give up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how long? If that was oh, that first part of getting to the terror was like one session. Like yeah, it was like one session. And you're like, oh, what a weird precursor. Okay, oh, and here's the thing we're really going to play. Yeah. Right? The thing that's kind of weird, though, is that you're switching systems. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's He's like, just trying to get him away from D&D. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Which, <laughs> which, is a, which is a fabulous a great idea. Goal. Great it's idea. From 4 From 4 I like 5. Especially if you're playing 4, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like, I like five. 5. 5 yeah. is fun. 5 is fun. But, uh, am I too quiet? Someone says I'm quiet. Should I turn my mic up? Or yeah, am I, I not think, talking enough? I think talking? you just were quiet. I don't know. I don't, there's two ways you could read that sentence. Quiet as in low in volume, or quiet as in I'm not talking enough? Because I can fix both. Yeah, you can. <laughs> You've never been accused of either. No, I've never actually actually heard anyone say yeah, those things. Yeah, it's to you. it's. In, I like I like the the thing I like about the idea that he has there is like try. It's just trying to go this other direction with the beginning of a game. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just like oh hey you all meet in a bar. Where it's like oh no you're all these super mega powerful characters, but. And in going to do this thing that your godlike characters would do, this crazy thing happens. Yeah. And now right. you're all these like, first level little dudes, but you, but you, but you know what you used to being. be. Yeah. Right. And now, and you want to strive to get back there. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so it's all it's it's almost like this, letting you play for a session or whatever to, to have an ultimate goal for your characters. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it would be really interesting to see you know characters who in their memories were these, you know, super powerful godlike beings. Mm-hmm. But they can't cash the, they can't make good on those checks. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? it, yeah, actually it might be interesting instead of having them go through another dimension, although that's kind of that's a great idea too. Like seeing how the people in the world react to them. Oh, 
oh, you're the great guardians. You're here to save us. We have a wolf attacking our town. And they're like, you're like, I got a uh, copper short sword. Yeah. Me. <laughs> like, you know, and so it's like kind of that that trying to live up to their yeah. reputations and surviving in the world. Do they abandon those their names until they're right. back at that level? Or do they try and And then there's always the problem time? of when they get recognized. Yeah. Right. Well, it's really interesting. I don't know if anybody... Disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if... Did anybody see the, uh, the, the Hercules movie with The Rock? Which got really panned, but it's hilarious. I've only watched it while I'm sewing, so I haven't actually paid and enough the, attention and the, to it. And to the say premise it. of it is that he's he's Hercules. Yeah. But he's got like four or five other people that help him do everything. And he's like, is he really Hercules? Or yeah. is he just using the name? Right? <laughs> and they, and it's and it's this actually like it's because the rock to me, I love what he's fun. He's just fun as a yes. as an yeah. action hero, especially. But everybody's like, oh, oh, it's not the real Hercules story, it's gonna be terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then Elspeth and I actually watched it. We're like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's freaking hilarious because it's basically like all, yeah, right. we're going to go and do all this stuff. And we're kind of mercenaries and we're making our thing. And here's our front man. It's the great Hercules. And like one of the characters, <laughs> all he does is talk about how awesome he is. Yeah. Right. Like, that's his whole job is he's yeah. out there he's fronting him. Right. But then you've got all these I other. lions. Yeah. But you've got all these other people that are actually doing stuff in the background to make it seem like he's that badass. Yeah. And it's, and it's awesome. And they're all. Pretty badasses in their own right. Yeah. Right. What's the the Heath Ledger jousting movie? Oh, uh, a Night's Tale. Uh, a yeah, Night's Tale. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 That same kind of thing. It's like, awesome. oh, here's this big reputation. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, How oh, do you build favorite. that up? I love that movie. So I mean, that that is an interesting. That's a great twist. Yeah. Right. When three people are like, oh, oh, you're such and such, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> sure. A Night's Tale would be less painful for me uh-huh. if it didn't have the girl. Oh, and and yeah. the mu- and the music, yeah, that that kind of just like uh, that was the best part. The music, yeah, it was hysterical. Oh. All of a sudden, it's like '90s pop dance music. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is hysterical. This movie does not take itself seriously at all. No, so right. I'm not going to either. <laughs> you raise it, you raise it, made it way better. The yeah. we will rock you thing. Yeah, oh my god, come on! <laughs> and all the peasants are like, yeah, <laughs> just like amazing. I love that. Who loves horses and Heath Ledger? It was like the best movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Simple girl with simple needs. Matthew (laughs) in Kanukistan. Matthew from Kanukistan. Shifting attention focus. Dear Happy Jacks, my player group contains many players. On occasion, myself included, who tend to get a laser focus on the main plot once it has been presented, completely ignoring any side quests, personal quests or even casual RP opportunities that present themselves. What do you think can be done to encourage players to digress within a game? Matthew in Canucasin. I'm wholly unfamiliar with this problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't believe I have anything to contribute to this one. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? I'll play it. I guess I won't. There it goes. Why problem make (laughs) when you no problem have you don't want to make? (laughs) Although he wants side quests and stuff, I guess. Um, he wants I, to slow down the pace of the game, maybe. Make them more interesting. Mm. It's I, There's no way to control or, or even predict what the characters are going to find interesting, and, in, in my experience. Integrate. Try to integrate that stuff into that main quest. Put an obstacle in the way. Oh, here's the side thing. But you have to get the, do the side thing to get the thing that you need to, con- to continue with your... Right. With the main thing you're that doing. would be my my initial thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've never had this problem. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I've, 
I've never had this problem because all of my players are like squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this is like um, maybe if you've got people who are used to playing MMOs and stuff like that where it's like you, it is a quest-driven activity and maybe they're thinking of maybe. our tabletop as maybe, the same way. like WoW is like side quest, you know, Palooza. That's true, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> right. know. I but, don't know. Well, but, in, but uh, there are a lot of things we can say, like, oh, yeah, if you play everything in this game, right, and then on the computer side, play everything in this game, it's going to take you 100 hours to get through it. But if you just follow the main plot quests, it's going to take you, like, 16 or yeah. something, right? Right. And it's just... Like Skyrim. Yeah, like Skyrim, right? It's like, if you just go through the main Skyrim quest, you can play that game pretty damn fast. Mm-hmm. But if you're right. a crazy completionist, moron like me, you're like, oh, i got to go collect all the different things and see all the places, and can I go there? Oh, can I collect the... You know, and, the game's ex- exploded out. Right? I'm exactly the opposite. I was. Right. You, you just, it, it would drive people insane watching me play Fallout 4. Yeah. I'll walk like, through oh. a whole town and not check anything. It's like, because right. uh. this isn't where I'm going. Right. Uh, well, but I, think, <laughs> I do it all the time. So, so what would make you want to do that? What would make you want to stop and check out other stuff? Um... Oof, I don't know. Bigger reward, more like people running up to your character in the street and saying, maybe, maybe Please that. come do this. Maybe that. But there's like, it, it, early on in, in Fallout 4, after you you get to like this gas station or something and you get some stuff and then you, you're walking along and there's two guys shaking down a woman in front of a some kind of building. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I'm not good at combat. So I'm going to, I just went right <laughs> around it and I went on somewhere else. Wow. No idea what happened. There was, I would say, I can't remember, I can't remember which, um, which game it was. It's in, it's in the same, it's in the Skyrim universe, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's like two or three games before that. And I'm running around with my character, um, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm going to kind of explore. And I hear this, like, on my speaker, whatever, and this, Ooh, his body comes down and hits like right on the ground a little further. I'm like, oh, what the hell? And so I'm like, I walk over to it. Right. And I inspect the body, and all that's on the body that you can loot is a pair of boots, a pair of magic boots, and a note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the note is basically the this like journal of the of a mage who this guy is, talking about these boots of leaping that he's created. <laughs> But he hasn't figured out how, and you realize, oh my god, this is the guy trying them, and he didn't Died. know how to land. Oh he didn't god. have a spell to help him land, and and it starts off this whole side quest. And I was like, I'm in, I'm so in, right? Because they would be, they'd be a freaking awesome magic item, right? If you can figure out how to land, if you can figure out how to yeah, not land. die using it, right? And so that was, that was, I mean, that was the best example I've ever had. In, right. in, a, in a video game where it's like, here's a quest. We're going to put it right in front of you in a super funny, interesting, compelling way. <laughs> so maybe part of it is the maybe part of it's the presentation. Could be right. Also you appeal know? to people's greed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, or if it's or, you know the other thing too is um, and try to make it not grindy. But if you're like, yeah, I'm going to laser focus. We're going to do that thing, main plot, big bad, and they take a step towards it, right? And like, okay, this is great, and they get to basically. When you're doing game design, is a level block, right? You're like, oh, I can't get past that because it's too hard, mm-hmm. right? Right? Or I don't have the thing I need to get past it. Like, put something like that in there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and if it's a sort of serious problem for you, it can be a little more stringent, you know that. But it'd be like, oh, yeah, we can't actually get past those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to go do some other stuff mm-hmm. to get the stuff we need or to level up, and then we can get past those guys. Right. Right. It's an artificial block. It's you know, admittedly. Um, uh, it's it's less of a railroad than it's a you can't get on the next 
train car. Um, my analogy's falling apart. <laughs> until you have the money to pay for the ticket. Whatever it is, right? It's like you're not right. saying this is the only way you go, but it's like to get to this next section, here's the choke point you have to get through. Right. Or mm. past or, or whatever. And there's multiple ways to do it, but they're all going to require you to do some other stuff rather than just walk through the door laser focused. Yeah, you need to collect the items to put together into the statue to kill the, yeah. Right, or uh, the mouse wants the cheese and in you the, gotta, you know. In the chat room, ex-Sergeant Dan, hi, hi Dan, said uh, to use background hooks from the to get the folks onto the side quest. So if you've got someone who's mm. got uh, an important NPC in their background or something like that, have them have them show up. So, I need your help. Our village has been sacked. You're reading my mind. I was about to bring that up. That's, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's like the the easiest way. Like, so they're probably going to, I mean, maybe they're super, super heroic and they're going to let their family, no family burn so that they can stop the big bad. <laughs> I have no family. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they're, though, I have no family, like the Batman of the, of the RPG. But, yeah, always a great idea to pull someone from their backstory. Or a place. <laughs> Uh, did you see a magic item? A magic item idea. Boots of blinding speed. The wearer of these boots can move as fast as they want, but while moving beyond their normal movement, they're blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to go there. And then you like you have to practice to see about how long it takes to get a distance. And then you have to roll a D12 to see what direction you actually went. Well, if you were looking, right? It's like it's like point to point teleportation. You're like, I'm gonna go there, right? And so you go just there. But you'd have to like know this is about how far I travel, right? In a certain amount of time, be a lot of trial and error to be able to use it effectively at all. Yeah, wear a helmet. Like short bursts. Yes, right. That's hilarious. Although if you're on one mountaintop and you're gonna try to get to another mountaintop. Uh, no way, that's bad. Oh, that's no, there's too bad. many things. Oh. Too, oh. Many, yeah, too many a things tree. in the way. Keep tripping over. If it was that fast, though, and you could run across water, that'd be good. Yes. You could say, I'm going to try to get to that island. And then you just hope you ran long enough. I'd be able to see it. Because <laughs> if you didn't, then you're in the middle of the water. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or but as soon as right you stop, you can see right. Oh, yeah, sure. And you're like, oh, God. And then it's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Back to you, sir. Back to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Matthew. That was Matthew in Kanukasan. Okay. Uh, thespians and observation. This is from Mr. CJ, who also gave us our topic in the beginning of the show. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'll take one cheeseburger. Hold the special sauce. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I hear a lot of praise about cer- a certain type of player, maybe one that shouldn't have his already inflated ego stroked. This is a message. This is a love letter to Stork. <laughs> yeah, you know when I read this in the prep, I was like, "Wow, I, I wonder if Stork's in the show." <laughs> <laughs> he uh, unfortunately he couldn't be here today. Yeah. Uh, although if you move back to Fridays, I'm, 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 I switched the next two shows back to Fridays. By the way, you did. Yes, I just did. Did you do it on the the, the calendar? No, I just do it in my thing. Okay, you take care of the calendar. All right, uh, players. I take care of all the important things. I'm in the middle of a sentence. Hold on. Ego strokes. Ego strokes. Players. Sure, there are min-maxers, tacticians, butt-kickers, the casual players, and and so on. They're all great. As a player and a GM, I really like the story. I like to move the plot forward. For me, that is the most interesting part of the game. After all, it's a shared story, isn't it? Yes. Do you know who doesn't give a crap about... I think that was rhetorical. Oh, I don't sorry. think he actually was looking for an answer, but I appreciate that. <laughs> the enthusiasm? Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Do you know who doesn't give a crap about the story? Thespians. 
We get it, Roger. Put down the make-believe cape and roll to hit the kobold. Those navel-gazing masturbators kill game. So this is the masturbation episode. It is. Right? Right. And he referenced the cheeseburger, too. He yeah. did, yes. Although I don't know if masturbation was involved in Would that you, particular No, show. it was... It was, well, uh, it was the cheeseburger is not a, performing anything. A, You're doing the work for the cheeseburger. Yeah, you were doing so it to still, the cheeseburger in that story. Yeah. That was the F in the cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right? I don't think it was open the bun and or, then... Or maybe... Masturbating with the cheeseburger? Maybe. That's a, yeah, that's inv- all the same thing. That's so weird. Would you do that over a place map that looks like a world map? No. <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> no, I would not. God, I hope my wife's not watching with the baby. Hi. <laughs> Your baby is so beyond, like, so so much earlier. They don't know. That's good. It's later. When you, wait till he's 18 and he's in therapy. He's on YouTube and he's like, hey. Oh, he's in therapy. His God. therapist's like, oh, so what do you think the stem of your problem was? He just like puts forward this file here or there. Watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Those navel-gazing masturbators kill games in a long, drawn-out, fun-murdering, death-of-a-thousand-cuts way. The worst thespians are the constant are a constant drain of GM time. A never-ending source of pointless soliloquies. They're pouty-faced whiners when the focus is moved to another player and time-sucking attention whores. Their self-serving actions force other murder hobo players to compromise their character concepts by allowing thespian characters to either stay with the group or even stay alive. It's most likely metagaming for the barbarian to not murder the thespian thief who stole the party's money, for example. The words I want to say about <laughs> the words I'm just doing what my character would do are said by two different kinds of people as the rest of the party dies or gets screwed in some way. Those people who are douchebags and thespians. Wait a second, only one kind of person says that douchebags. If you don't hate me enough yet, watch them play. They they most always play the same guy. They have as many gears as a tricycle, and ride it that slow. Squeaky bastard from setting to setting and game system to game system. (laughs) (laughs) There is a difference between running a game on railroad tracks and having a story that is trashed by a selfish thespian. There is a difference between adding spice to your character and even role-playing and being self-centered and being a self-centered, time-sucking butthole. Don't be a butthole. Thank you, Mr. CJ. P.S. Ah! Oh, there might be a question there somewhere. So, Mr. There was. CJ... Kimmy answered it. Yeah. So, yes. So, yes. <laughs> so, the rhetorical question is the one question. So, Mr. CJ, don't hold back. Tell us how you really That's feel. Right. Show, us, show us on the doll where the thespian touched you. Exactly. <laughs> I think someone had a bad experience with a thespian. <laughs> If now, every GM is ever looking for a co-host on specific topics, Mr. CJ is prepared. I think he's set. Now, I think... there. We talk about how there, there's like dichotomies of mm-hmm. player types, mm-hmm. right? There's the, sort of the tactical player and the story player or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can get too far in, in, in any direction. In yeah. any direction. And I've played with people who... I'm going to not just role-play my character and play a character who's maybe more of a social character and wants to interact mm-hmm. with NPCs and such. And maybe he isn't even really that fighty, but I'm also going to let you know what I'm going to put on in the morning. Right. Which coat I'm going to wear. It's, and I've played, and, and it... Sure. 
it didn't as a GM, it never really bothered me. But the players drove them crazy. I, I can totally see that. Um, I would assert it's not so much about whether they are dramatic or thespian, or, but it's that whole self-centered, self-absorbed aspect of it. And you can, and a, pro, a player can be that about any part of it. Sure. The guy who's the combat monkey who always has to be the center of combat, always has to be, you know, the one who's doing all, mm-hmm. doing everything. Um, the the character the guy who has the character who's the the Swiss Army knife that can do everything and right. wants to be the center of every last thing that's going wants on wants to solve every problem right oh my God. or that's the thespian cool. who's so totally self absorbed with their own thing that they actually get up from the table and begin larping what they're doing right had that happen at a con oh that's yeah I'm fine with that <laughs> didn't bother me <laughs> but the rest of the players were like. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so I think a lot of people are thinking Stork when they think this. Um, no, Stork is just a wrench drawer. Right, right. and Stork he, is, he totally does. But he, he does tend more down the thespian sure. path, but not like this. No. Right. Yeah, And and, and Stork gets irritated when stuff is not do. moving along. Right, yeah. right. So I think we want to make that like 100% clear. Um, I am playing in another game that's not a Happy Jacks game, that's not being recorded, that nobody plays, and it's a D&D game. Um and there is one person who is of sort of this vein. And a great person outside of the game would never have expected this person to be like that in the game. They constantly, constantly, like what you were just saying, they have to be responsible for anything that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, even if someone else just explained what they did, they explain exactly what they do to make that better or to, to may have really made it work because that person couldn't have done it. Right. And, <laughs> and it's just... The hardest thing I never have, and I've been super spoiled because mostly for the last you know seven whatever years we've been playing like in our group and we have amazing players in our group, <coughs> so it's new to me to like deal with this. And I find myself literally as not as not as a character but as a player just sitting there going, "Oh my fucking god, oh my god!" Like wanting to just get up from the table, wanting to leave. I generally text Stu and like, "Oh my gee." OMFG, <laughs> OMFG. If I didn't like everyone else sitting at this table so much, I would be gone. I wonder if that's, and I'm not blaming MMOs for this, but I wonder if it's an outgrowth of people making the shift from MMOs to tabletop RPGs, where in an MMO you are the center of attention. You are the middle of everything. I think, And I'm more, not saying everyone yeah. does no, that. No, no, no. Um, I think more than that, and this is sort of my one case study where I've like dealt with this, um, I think... For these types of people, gaming is their their chance to be what they want. It is their chance to be their ideal of themselves. So the character they create, even though they may not realize or it may not be like the ideal, maybe it's a thief who they think is bad, like it's their way to kind of compensate and be what they want. We used to talk about that at fair. Like you'd see people in the street, they were like, oh, blow, and they'd come up, and they would like step on everybody else's lines. Yeah, they, had, yeah. they had to run every totally. scene. And you would start to realize and that there was, there, there was a commonality at times between those people. It's like, oh, yeah, in my regular life, like I kind of work a crappy job, or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, the fourth kid in my family and no one ever let me do whatever it is like there was something in their regular mundane life that when they got to be at fair right playing a character they're like oh but now 
I'm this character, so I can be that idealized version of whatever, like, or I'm super important, like, I'm going to be the center of attention. I'm mm-hmm. going to be all the things I can't normally be because of whatever circumstance. Right. And it didn't make them a bad person. No. Right? It just was, for them, it was like, oh, my, here's my outlet. Right. right. Here's this is my moment. Do. Yeah, this is my moment. There are some of us who might be annoyed by that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's hard because you you know you want to feel empathy for those people. So yeah. like having like that kind of that conversation with like, hey, I've noticed that you don't really give other people a shot sometimes. You know, it's like I, I've had this conversation with two year olds a lot, and don't generally have to have it with other adults. But that might be a, a good way. Use bigger words than I would with two year olds, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I I find that's generally what it stems from which has, in this other game I'm playing, made me much more empathetic and able to tolerate mm. it more. Because I kind of like think about that, I'm like, okay. And it makes it, okay, I can empathize. Did it, did it put a different, uh, did, it, did it put Stork's thespianism in a different light for you? Did you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, Stork's really not that bad. <laughs> I always give him shit for it, but you know, actually. Right. Well, Stork playing in other games with me has put Stork in perspective, because right now, my character in our vampire game is having a really hard time with him, and he's his character with his character. Right. And like it's coming to the point, and kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about from this email, where like my I as a player am kind of running out of reasons for my character not to kill his character. Like I'm trying really hard as a character or as a player to be like that's a stupid douchebag thing to do to my friend who I really like gaming with. But at some point, like, I'm worried that Albert's going to cross that line for Adrian where she can't put up with that disrespect anymore. So there's got to be... I think be... put him in his place the last time. Right. So that, that, was, that helps. <laughs> but it's, like, one of those things where he's still kind of on that cusp. And, like, I kind of sometimes, like, okay, no, she would have him go do this. That makes sense for her to have him do that. But, it, like, there's part of me that really is, like, worried. Like, I really don't want to kill Stork's character. But my my character would totally want to kill Stork's character. So there there is sometimes a thing, and it's not from him being a th- an over thespian like is described in this. It's just like that because we in that game we have very strong characters that often come into conflict. Well, see, just that's the sort of conversation you have with me because right. I'm thinking right now. Okay, what can I do to make make her not want to kill Stork's character? And the first thing that pops into my head. Make him more useful to her. Right. Well, and that's one of the things so, that the, being that werewolves showing up has made him much more useful. So right. that's been an important change. Um, so, but, and it's one of those things where, yeah, I, like you do kind of want to. Ha- I would either either have that conversation if it was really getting to the point where it's like, all right, like, oh my god, like you talk to either the GM or you talk to the other player too, right. and just be well, like, that's like when I talked with Bruce yeah. in the five E game, right? And I was like, look, if Drang comes back without. Tyler's character to be the moderator, this is very likely what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Just so you know. And Bruce is like, oh, that's awesome. So it was fine. <laughs> right? Do that. Okay, great. And right. I ended up not bringing the character back, but it was like, you know, right. but, but uh, that was the direct conversation with him as a player. Yeah. Right. Right. right? And he's like, no, I get it. And, yeah. and I think this highlights the importance of stepping out of character mm-hmm. and, and remembering that, yes, we're, we're role-playing characters, but we're also people sitting around a table playing a game. Right. Exactly. You know, and you have to interact with both of those things. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And have, uh, 
empathy for the other people at the table, mm-hmm. which I totally, I, I don't know why my job is coming so much into <laughs> the, the, all the topics today, but, you know, and also have empathy for yourself and, and also express how you're feeling and right. like kind of advocate for yourself and you having fun too. Because if you're not having fun at the game, then that's not fair for you either. Right. In our vampire game, we spent many, many sessions where my character was absolutely convinced that this other player character was totally working against us. Mm-hmm. And she was. But we get to the end of it and things are just kind of like, we're in the last session and things are, mm-hmm. are kind of... So I was like, my character feels badly about this. Yeah. So I'm going to go make amends. Mm-hmm. The scene that followed, not at all what I was expecting, but spectacular. Right. Because she basically told me to go fuck off. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, all right. Well, then. Like, all right. Yeah. All right. But that also led to the end of the game where I flamethrowered another player character. So. <laughs> yeah. You know. But the end of As the game. You do. But it was, like epic. Big, yeah. epic. Oh, big yeah. Phenomenal. It was, it was sure. the epilogue. And he said, you can leave town or I'm going to throw you off this building. And I went, no, I have an obfuscated flamethrower on my back. <laughs> awesome. All right. That Star ended Trek up go ahead. being a lot more discussion than he probably expected yeah. from that event. <laughs> That's right. Star Trek recommendation: the Kobold dude from Columbia, Southern California, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a Columbia, Southern California? Maybe. Probably. There could be. There's a lot of. There things. could be a boat called the Columbia. I'm sure. There's moored this. off of sure. California. Could happen. If you if you go to uh, a screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's definitely going to be a Columbia. Yeah. There you go. There you go. By the way, I heard that the remake is terrible. So is the original. No, the original is campy goofiness. The remake is like rancid. Well, I don't know. Back in that day, can you imagine a bad? You called it campy when you made a bad movie, right? So if you have a (laughs) bad remake of a bad movie, how much better? You know what? Movies that I watched in the '80s that we all thought were horrible, horrible crap are now getting like five stars on Netflix. What does that tell you about Netflix? And nostalgia. It's because it's nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Although, so this this remake... Like what? In 20 years... Um, God. No, this remake in 20 years, is no, one, no one's going to do that. You don't know. You don't know because I'm talking... I, I don't want to open Netflix right now. You'd have but to have I went like, through... You have to have at least good auto-tuned musical performances. Like it's... Unless it's... People are going to go in 20 years and like, go, oh my God, this was so bad. Right. flip the bit. That's what they'll do. Yeah, people on, on my Facebook are saying that they've seen... Uh, uh, shadow casts of Rocky Horror that were better than the cast of this movie. Yeah, it's like they found like a third-rate shadow yeah. cast and said, hey, let's put you on television. Yeah. Like, it's supposedly really bad. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Yikes. Mm, I, I, in 20, you know... I, All right, God, we'll I get wish together I, in 20 years and we'll review it. I, I, have, I have been looking at movies that we saw like 30 years ago in the theater, stuff right. that, that like, was just like universally panned as terrible. Right. That people are like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. The original Dune film. David Lynch. Yeah, that's a nice... Horrible I, piece of crap. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, I think it's nostalgia. I think Kimmy was right. I think it's yeah. nostalgia. Although, what I do want to mention a, a movie. Since you brought up the 80s, your fault. Uh-huh. Um, watched a movie recently. That's It's a recent movie, but it's set in 1980s Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's about some teenagers who form a band. And it is totally charming and spectacularly fun to watch. It is called... Sing Street. I oh. highly recommend it. What was the movie from the... Er, Commitments. Commitments, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Commitments is a great one. 
I was alive what about through Manos, most of the eighties. What about Manos Hand of Fate? Is that getting good reviews on Netflix? Because that was a piece of crap. My I hatred for you is so strong right <laughs> now. So I, I can't. Remember, I can't. I specifically remember seeing a movie that we either saw or saw on TV after, and right. it was like, oh, that was a piece of crap. And right. the chat room says that the stars on Netflix are Netflix saying, "We think you'll like this. It's customized to your viewing." No, the stars are given by other people. Okay. Yeah, you can rate a show after you movie yeah. and watch it. You're supposed to. All right, so uh, if you're watching this part of the podcast and you have your favorite film from the 80s that was universally panned but now you think is brilliant, please let us know what it is. Yeah. Right. And maybe we'll watch it and do yeah. a review. This is what we call Project Why Watch... Why pain why, why make pain? when you know pain <laughs> Why have, stars you give when no stars you think you want to give? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Star Trek recommendations to dude. Go. Uh, hello, fellow podcasters. I've recently started watching Star Trek Enterprise after hearing Stu recommend it. Mm-hmm. I must admit, it has not been the total bag of flaming shit others claim it to be. Right? I like it. When people watched it originally, it was bad, but now, five stars on that. But he explains why everyone <laughs> thought it was bad. Okay. Aside from the introduction song. See, right there. It's been quite enjoyable. <laughs> if you enjoy The Next Generation, you'll enjoy this show. Kudos. Since I really should put an RPG-related question here, here's one. What systems would you recommend for a Star Trek game? I know there's many flavors of Star Trek. Also, I've run into problems with Star Wars players before as they tend to either fall into the extended universe, or legends, I guess now, junkies, who want to correct every little thing anyone says or does, or asshats you want to play it more like a murder-hobo game. Not having experience in a Star Trek game, do you think this would suffer from this sort of thing as well? Uh, It's always so hard to run a game based on an IP. Thanks and stuff. John the Kobold Dude Mains, a Mainess, he even tells you how to pronounce it, uh, from Columbia, um, Boca Raton, oh, South Carolina. Uh, P.S. GURPS! Yeah! yeah! And drink. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I coffee. Yeah. Quick plug for Scarab Gaming Con, MLK Weekend in Columbus, South Carolina. A bit out of the way, but four days of gaming. Four days. Four days. Uh, oh, so it's close. Uh, ooh, is it going on now? Is it actually going on? No. Uh, no. Oh, MLK, MLK weekend. weekend. Okay, that's no. in like January, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, there is, and there's this guy uh, who's uh, I'm a friend with on Facebook, Chris Hardy, who I believe does something in the tabletop gaming industry. But he's been beta testing some new Star Trek RPG, paper pencil RPG, that he says is fantastic. So there's one coming out that is Star Trek cool. specifically designed. See, the which thing I'm I, stoked I don't about. understand about how Star Trek role-playing games work. We don't see a lot of the universe in Star Trek. Right. Mm-hmm. We see onboard ships, sort of the quasi-military, non-military, whatever you want to call it. We don't see a lot of life outside of that. Now, you get a glimpse of it in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Right. You get a glimpse of it. You have to piece it together from all the different series. I agree with you. But it's hard to find. It's sure. really hard. That's what I was going to run a Starship Troopers game, mm-hmm. and I realized there exists nothing outside of right. the thing. The military right. story. Well, see, yeah. I, would, I would think that if you wanted to delve more into that, DS9 is a good series to reference because it takes place on the. Like, there's a lot of life things that happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's specific to that section. Right. Spot. right, that that spot, right, right, Kardashian. But I mean, you don't know anything. I All mean, that stuff. Like, whoever they are. If you go back to the original series, you don't, you know, almost nothing about Harcourt Fenton Mudd and what his life as sure. a merchant is like. Yes, you know nothing about the people who come in to the Enterprise and interact and have their stories and then leave. 
You don't know what their situations are like. You don't want to know. You you know very little about what's outside of the ships. Yeah, you get more of it in in, in the uh, next society gen. wise. Yeah, you society know what I mean? wise, you get more of it in next gen and that kind of stuff. A, a but, little bit, but not much. Well, do you think you get? Do you think you get more from Star Trek or Star? I mean, from Star Wars than you get from Star Trek. Uh, you know yeah. what, you know what Tatooine's like. You know what a they, lot because they delve into different places. You see yeah. Coruscant. You right. see like yeah, all I these mean, places. You, you, you get to see people in their normal, ordinary environments right. outside of the ship. You get to see other people. Right. Uh, other uh, occupations. What other people right. are doing. You get to see the inside of bars. I mean, you do see an inside of a bar in the original series, I suppose. Yeah. Well, but I mean, and, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Next gen, right? Because you've got things. We're rewatching uh, the. Next gen right now, mm-hmm. and then we're just about to start where we start delving into uh, DS9. Cause we're about to get the overlap season, right? Right. But you start seeing like they there's a bunch of stuff that happens uh, with the Klingons and their homeworld. So you see like what their life is like, and mm-hmm. you see stuff in the planets. They there's a, a at least one or two episodes that happen on on Romulus. So you you know, and they and they're meeting with places, and they're in a bar there, and all these different things. And they, I mean, they you, you but you do have to piece it together, right? right. It's not like all. Here's Tatooine. Here's a massive set piece. A bunch of stuff's going to happen here. You have a really right. good idea what mm-hmm. that flavor is. Oh, yeah. I, right? I think it... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. I think it helps Star Wars on this point because the worlds are... Um, word. Mono... Um, Monoclimactic? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where basically, it is a... Everything about the world is this one thing. Right. It's like... It's uni, an ice planet. It's like a unibiome. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 It's a unome. Um, so it simplifies the equation. Right. A bit. Um, so, I, but I don't, I don't know that Star Trek would necessarily be different. And I, I think your point is apt about where we don't really have the depth, necessarily have the depth of knowledge about the world outside of the Federation, mm-hmm. you know, right. the, the crew. Um, I do have some suggestions for him, though, in terms of mm-hmm. game systems. Okay. Um, absolutely, you could do Star Trek in Savage Worlds, GURPS, or Fate. You could absolutely make that happen. Um, I did a Star Trek-like game in Fate mm-hmm. a while back. Um, there is a game called Strange New Worlds, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse hack. Mm. Um, and uh, from their own website, it says... Um, since Strange New Worlds is a Powered by the Apocalypse hack, it doesn't handle games where a hyper-competent crew solves issues and everyone follows orders to the letter. It handles Star Trek... So it's not Star Trek. Right. (laughs) It handles Star Trek-ish games where events snowball out of control on a mission for the crew to come together and solve it by the end. So it's J.J. Abrams movies. Star Wars instead. (laughs) Right. I have yeah. not played the, the J.J. Abrams but... movies. You actually kind of get a little more of a glimpse of that outside stuff than mm-hmm. you did in right. the, in the right. series. Well, the thing that's interesting to me too is in a Star Trek game, it feels like played. you'd be it would be much better for someone who wanted to do a space game but wants to focus on social diplomacy, political yes. stuff, yeah. right? Because I mean, that's to me one of the biggest divides. Um, is I mean, Star Wars is space fantasy and. Star Trek is science fiction, right? I mean, first of all, uh, in my mind. But then you, uh, there's so much more about we need to go and there's a negotiation and there is a diplomatic or here's a mystery we have to uncover, right? right? In the series than Star Wars, which is, you know, wars. Fighting. And so, yeah, a lot of fighting, right? <laughs> and right. usually there's, you know, I mean, I, I, it's almost like you can encapsulate it in F7 
Or he's like, oh, so here's this big plan. He's like, oh, yeah, didn't we do this before? We just do the thing and you blow it and you're done, right? Like Han's like, right. I don't understand what the big problem is here. Where's the Yeah, conundrum? so it's big. It's big. Okay, yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. It's really, really big. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, whereas Star Trek, it's like, what is the nature of God? Like, it's, it's just a right. very different philosophy, you know, mm-hmm. um, grounding. So I think that, to me, would be the interesting thing in running a Star Trek campaign, mm-hmm. right, is is coming up with that stuff. And, and moving it more towards where the series ended up being, um, which is not everything is just all reset to zero at the end of an episode, right? That, that was always kind of the dig for me on Star Trek. Like, all this stuff happens, it's terrible, up, and then everything's fixed. Right. Yeah. And everybody's exactly perfectly fine, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, even in Enterprise, when they kill a character... Right. It's after the fact. Mm-hmm. Right. It's at the, it, <laughs> right. I mean, next gen when they it's killed very when, they, when they killed yeah. Tasha Yar, you were like, what? Right. Like that was. But that, that was that because of contract negotiations or something? Nope. No, no. She she wanted to leave the series. Well, that, yeah. That, well, but it wasn't contract negotiation. Okay, but she, she no. She went to Roddenberry. I know because I looked this up like recently, right? Because I was like, oh yeah, why? Because that's what everybody said. Like, oh, she wanted more money, and they were like, screw you, and they killed her off. She went. She said, you know what? I'm, she, she was young. She was like 24 or something. She's like, oh, I want to go do a bunch of different stuff. She goes, and I don't, I don't want to just be this character in this uniform week after week, year after year. Right. Like, I want to go off and try to do other stuff. Right. And Gene Roddenberry apparently was like, oh, and the producers were like, oh, we totally get that. We understand. That's fine. We're going to write your character out. They talked about how they're going to do it. They killed her. And then she came back as a different character later in Next Gen. She came mm-hmm. back as a descendant of Tasha Yar that was tied into a storyline thing. Oh, she yeah. came back as Tasha Yar, and then she came back as a Romulan descendant of Tasha Yar wow. because yeah. of a time travel thing. It was uh, really cool. In Voyager, you mean? No, in, in Next, Next Gen. Gen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. There's a but. That series thing. ran that long. It ran like seven or eight years. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the thing. Is like, how did she play a little kid? She didn't. She played because like a she, she was a time. Yeah. There was oh, a ship, time thing. Time warp. There, there was a ship that came in from the past. Right, they have a big thing with the Enterprise. Right, she ends up, they, and they have to like hold off this combat, right, to to not have history get jacked up with the Klingons. Right, she Tasha goes to this other it goes to this other ship because it's some weird alternate past thing. Mm-hmm. Then she leaves with it. So now, and Guinan's the only one who knows. Wow, this is exciting. I hope there's Trek fans watching. <laughs> the Guinan knows something's wrong. This is not the actual reality, right? That okay. they should be in because um, it's like some alt weird time travel thing that's happening. She goes in on that ship. Boom, everything gets reset and is fine, right? And Guinan's kind of the only one that realizes, yeah, I never met this Tasha, but like, but I have met this Tasha Yar. This is really weird. The chat informing us that Best of Both Worlds is the episode name we're okay. talking about. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, like, another season or so later goes by, at the, like, the season closer for, episode, for season five or something, right? Or six, um, there's this Romulan, and it's that actress, it's Denise Crosby, and you're like, oh, what the hell? Oh, really? And okay. what you find out is that Tasha went goes now goes back actually in time because of this time travel thing mm-hmm. ends up with a Romulan and this is her descendant. So it's her now like playing, her descendant grown up. Got it. Right. Okay. And it's and when they explain it, I don't know if they did a good of a job of it, but like you're like, whoa, that's totally bizarre. It all makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Because of the episodes that have happened. But yeah, she came back to the show and. Plays this influential character, and mm-hmm. there was never any hard feelings with it. She was right. just like young and was like, "I don't want to do." Well, it was a conf- contract dispute in, in that I don't want to be in a contract anymore. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "I, I want to be. I don't want to be on the show, right?" And they, but they, but there, but the, but there wasn't a dispute. They were like, right. "Okay." So those other things didn't really work out for her. Is what you're saying? 
I don't know. No, I just <laughs> I looked her up. Did. I just oh, yeah. looked her up. Could it be snarky? And no, she did a ton of shit. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, she did. Yeah. But, she, but 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 it was more like, oh, hey, it'd be really fun to come back and do a few episodes. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, and there was never there there was there was no animosity. Right. right? So. Right. Uh, the chat room is telling us, going back to kind of to the topic, um, there were three Star Trek games. Uh, Unicorns, Unicorn Games did one, Decipher, and FASA. Yeah, I remember the Fossil one. Yeah, and people are also asking, do we think Traveler would be a good setting for this? Traveler's so gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Tra- I personally, I think Traveler would, would do a much better job of doing The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Then yeah. Star Trek. I actually, I mean, look, I'm I'm a giant traveler nerd, but I wouldn't run Star Trek and Traveler. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I agree. Right? I agree. I mean, the whole reason I did the Star Wars thing, so I was like, oh, Star Wars could get really gritty, and I yeah. wanted to do a really gritty right. Star Wars thing, which really is a little on the edge of that, too. Maybe. Right? But it just, I mean, you'd have to be. The only upside is that they've got all the rules in for, like, here's your stun weapon, and here's mm-hmm. your. So you can set the stun and kill, and whatever. Right. But. Right. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty. What if you did gnarly. Star Trek Enterprise? Would that fly better? Oh, I would. I would. If the players wanted to be Klingons, I would run it in Traveler. There you go. Because <laughs> that could be pretty gnarly. Um, but I vote. You know, they 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 got the new show coming out, right? Which I'm interested to see. Uh, uh, um, What's it called? Uh, <laughs> Star Trek colon thing. No, it's something, and it's and it's horrible because I, I I remember that when it came out, I said, "Boy, I hope uh, I'm sure they're hoping it's going to catch on because it's something like that sounds like it's a uh, something that you would Star catch. Trek Discovery, Discovery. Oh, people find it. I thought, oh, is it Discovery? It's, okay, I think it's Discovery, name. American television show that has not. Oh yeah, because the, the right. it's STD. Or STD, like, that's yeah. it. Right, Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> STD. I hope they catch it. That's right. I remember right. that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Um, and the settings cooling, but like that, for me, it's like I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that. The one I always wanted to do, and if I was pitching a new series, oh, it's early. See, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's that's after. Good. It's after. It says it's um, ten years before the events of the original series. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it's it's between when they it's uh, between Enterprise and, Enterprise and, and yeah. original series. Yeah. Um, but the one I always thought would be awesome is, uh, and would draw in probably, I would think, like new a new swath of viewers, like they've been trying to do with the films, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think is if they did Starfleet Academy, like that would be, a, I would watch that oh, series yeah. like crazy. Oh yeah. Right. It's like yeah, it's all these these you know like younger you know kids that are not even kids, right? It's not like Star Trek babies, but it's like you know. Young adults, like in basically in an academy and in college, and going through that, and what are they learning there? And you'd have it'd be a very different kind of show. Uh, or the yeah. other, if you if you took more of a like um, Battlestar Galactica view re- reboot, right, 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 of Star Trek, and said, okay, yeah, here's the captain and here's the bridge crew, but they're not the main ensemble cast. Right. Here's like some gunners who work at the yeah, at the yeah, phaser yeah, banks, yeah. and then here's some guys in engineering and. Because that's that's the thing I really liked about Battlestar Galactica. You could totally run a Battlestar Galactica game because Battlestar Galactica gave you the the width and breadth of everyone aboard that ship. Yeah, you don't know what the cook does on the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, in in Enterprise, the original, you never even saw him. Right. Well, but but it's really weird, right? Because in um, uh, in Voyager, you totally knew what the cook did. You do. Right. Because he was. Right. Because he was one of the main characters. Right, because in Star Trek, the series, you just went to the replicator and got your thing. 
but in Voyager, right. they don't have enough resources to use the replicators right. all the time. Right. See, like right. Voyager, you could I could see maybe trying to run in Traveler. I'll yeah. buy that. Yeah, like yeah. maybe right, but like but straight up Star Trek, where it's like everything's a replicator. I mean, you could because it's a good sci-fi system, but I don't know. It seems like the the there's the the things to me that make Star Trek sing as a as a universe to watch are those things that are about diplomacy and about mm-hmm. you know trying to trying to go and, and the exploration and the whole thing and right. I mean you could you could do it but you know because I mean when it, when did you in, in any of the series ever see anyone who wasn't an officer who didn't have a rank of ensign or higher yeah it's really weird right like, you know there are they're there mm-hmm. yeah right everybody's a freaking ensign it's like. Maybe that's maybe There's that's no the, enlisted maybe there. that's the draw of Star Trek, right? When Everyone gets to be an officer. Yeah, when you're in the academy, <laughs> like, I don't know, do I want to go into military service? Well, you get to be an officer. All right, yeah. I'm in. And you find out the guy who cleans the toilet. Yeah, he's an, he's an, he's an officer. officer. <laughs> Everybody's an officer. Well, see, I, I assume that there aren't all they aren't all officers, but you just never see any of the rest of them because they're slaving away. Down those are the, all those people that are just yeah, walking this utopic up and down. Star, the... Star Trek universe is great. <laughs> where, where, where are they? But, but, like, I don't know. Every, every now, the only thing I can think is the red shirts when they send the security teams the down. Red shirts are they all ensigns? I don't know. Like you're talking about. I don't OST. think so. Yeah, the original. Yeah, the guys that die when they send people down right. to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those might not be officers. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they but they were a lot less clear. There was no like you know visible pips and stuff. Yeah. In that, it'd be great. It would be great to go back through. To and, next gen and like go is there anybody who's not an officer actually on this ship anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> at any point maybe that's it because it was the Enterprise because it was the flagship well, like well, only officers get assigned to that well, ship well Wheaton's character he wasn't an officer but no yeah, the, he was no, like a, no, he was an acting ensign when he was just there and he was like yeah, you know Beverly's kid, kid. Yeah. that was great but then but when he's like we're going to make you acting ensign it's like he didn't even make say like oh okay you're just going to be like Schmuck. Navigator schmuck, right, yeah, or pilot boy, right? No, it's like, no, you're an acting ensign. It's like, wow. Pilot boy. I can see, I mean, bridge crew is usually, I think, officers, but sure. what about all the rest of the, the whole rest of the ship? That's the thing, that's kind of what, the, what I'm but talking like, about. Like, uh, but you never see any of those people. No, but you because see those people, you do see those people, like, when, when they're when they're in the in med bay, right, when they're, when they're down there, like, there's other people, like, are all the doctor's officers, you have to be, or the nurses, or the, like... I bet you they like, are. Like, are they, I bet you they're all when they're down in engineering. Like everybody that Jordy's down there with, like they're all. You have to look at their insignia. I, I mean, know. Some, now I'm going to now we have to find that. out if Levar Burton or or Will, if you guys <coughs> could, could just let us know, Will Wheaton, because I'm sure you guys watch. Um, <laughs> if you can or drop in, know, or drop in, or drop in, or Patrick. Next time we have lunch, if you can tell me, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they. This is exactly what I'm assuming. Kenigma says, the Enterprise D was so big they had separate hallways for the enlisted people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was? The enlisted people? Maybe that's a- why they're called Jeffrey's Tubes. Because Jeffrey's was the first guy who wasn't an officer. And they're like, oh, no, you have to go use the Jeffrey's Tubes. They were named after a non-com. <laughs> that's, maybe, the, maybe the Federation has this insidious caste system. Oh. And there's a sec- there, there are second-class citizens who oh never God. get on camera. Time. That's an amazing idea right? for a game. Wow, right? that's amazing. Oh maybe it's actually some sort of like meritocracy slash oligarchy oh and it's right. much darker than Roddenberry and you're ever the enlisted imagined. man and you have to th- like overthrow Star Trek Red Shirts yeah well they that's what the, the chat was talking about uh, uh, Star Trek Red Shirts as a game a few minutes ago but that wasn't the same idea 
They, just, oh they were God. making one where you roll up a new character every time. You play. Uh, now that you could run in traveling. Yeah, you that you could like totally a horrible run in underbelly. Oh my God! Yeah. So like the when Federation. there's a, when there's a when there's a whole breach, all of the little bodies that come out, those are all those are all. Oh, sure. Sure. Oh. It's like in Babylon Five where they had like the the. The ambassadorial areas thing, and then there was like the down below area right. that was just like a horrible cesspool. Yeah, yeah, same kind of thing. Oh and the chat room says that they it. would all play this game. They yeah, absolutely, amazing. that's fantastic. <laughs> all right, all right, that's a brilliant idea to leave oh off on. All right, so, yeah, it's twelve thirty. Yeah, we should probably go. All right, I'm getting ready to play the music. All right, thanks for watching. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 18 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Bill. And I'm still Jim. And thank you very much. And we'll leave you with a song. And we'll be on next Friday night at 8.30 p.m. We will begin drinking again. Yay! Yay! Again. <laughs> thank you very much. We'll leave you with a song. You think this is Keep rolling.